Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com This is Everything is Personal with Len May. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of Everything is Personal. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Thank you very much. I was waiting much. for the South Oh, Let me introduce my, my co-host as uh, <laughs> always, Mr. John Small. Thank you so much. It's wonderful. You don't have any sample or music or anything? Well, I mean, I, I, just, I just flew into LA and boy, are my arms tired. Yes. Got Penny it. Penny Youngman's <laughs> back <laughs> in. <laughs> We, we are off to a great start. Yeah, this is this is this is professional <laughs> yes. podcast radio, live from the Borscht Belt. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what do you get when you mix two Jews, cannabis, and late afternoon podcasting when you're a little bit dizzy? Uh, uh, I got to talk about that, but let me introduce our guest first. I'm super excited to talk about music too, but there is a cannabis connection. So our guest is Mr. Jason Turner, woo. who is the CEO and co-founder of Three Wells. I am the CMO. And oh, CMO. So this is where cannabis is really personal. It's really interesting. So last night we were talking to this, uh, this company produces capsules. There are THC capsules and they're supposed to be strain specific. And I thought that they would have uh, test results, but I guess I got to go and look for them. So it gave me, it's a sativa dominant. It's a capsule. Each one is 25 milligrams. I took it and my friend took it. And I took 25, said like, she's an ultra rapid metabolizer. So she took 75. I took 50. It wasn't doing anything for me, but instead of giving me energy, like she's saying she had all this energy, it made me tired. Hmm. And today, like I wake up and I wake up like happy to go, but I was so groggy. I'm still like foggy from the stuff. So she had a complete body high. I had a complete head high from the stuff. So I'm a little bit foggy. That was the long-winded way to say I'm, I'm still a little bit off. So I'm trying to get my if you had wet, if you had read my best. if you had read Jason's website, then hopefully it was yeah. screened. I did. I read his website before <laughs> this, but I'm saying I forgot everything because I'm so foggy. <laughs> well, Jason, uh, anyway, tell Jason, us, yeah, tell us what you yeah. do. T- tell us yeah. what what Three Wells is and your background. Yeah, well, um, three wells, three wells.co. Um, we're focused on the 50 plus market. So, uh, and I have to admit, I'm square in that demographic. And that's why we started the company. But, you know, three wells really is about making sure that people, you know, 
our my age. I won't assume your ages. You guys look really young. So yes, you're right. Uh, yeah. You were right. In their thirties. You're right. You're okay. In their thirty <laughs> plus demographic. Thank you. Yes. Thirty plus but, thirty. Plus 30. Okay, we're we're in the same 20. demographic, Jason. We're in that. No, we are in the fifty demographic. <laughs> Look, we'll probably get into this, but it's very personal for me why we started the company. I'll share, I'll share that a little bit later. But yeah, the company really is about the, the whole demystification of cannabis and CBD and everything around it for three core reasons. And that is to help people be well, live well, so they can do well. And that's where the name came from, Three Wells. And so we provide information and connection to services and products. We don't own any products. We don't sell any products directly. And it really is to help people live better lives. And, I, you know, I don't mean for that to sound trite in any way. That's really why we started the company. As we talk, you'll you'll find out why my partner, Craig, and I uh, did this. So that's the quick synopsis. We're definitely on the same page as far as uh, empowering people to get better control of their, their own health and wellness. Just curious, was 50 plus because that's your guys' demographic and you're like, hey, I don't want to go into a dispensary and have a 20-year-old a uh, butt tender tell me I should take a chocolate bar. Is that kind of how you came up with that? No, it's really not just because we're in the demographic. We, we really noticed, well, why don't I tell you the story? My business partner, Greg, he and I suffered the same back pain, the exact same back pain for years. Mine went on for 23 years where I would wake up in the morning sweating because I was in so much pain. And we tried, we both tried opioids. We tried everything that our doctors prescribed and all kinds of crazy stuff like magnetic rocks and you, you know, you name it, we tried it independently. And, and of course, as friends, we shared a little bit about our trials and tribulations as we both dealt with our back pain, but we really didn't get into it too much because, you know, one human being to another, you can only stand so much griping and then you just become a downer. So you end up keeping it, all that pain bottled up both emotionally and physically. So as it happened, Greg found a great doctor and I'm shortcutting a lot here for brevity, but he found a great doctor, had spinal surgery. And then he said to me, Hey man, you gotta, you know, you gotta check this guy out. And I did. And I ended up having the same back surgery. And thankfully today, both of us are, you know, we're living at about 90% pain-free in our, in our backs. But what that opened up next was a whole conversation about what we had come through. And we had both, like I said, tried the opioid route and all kinds of crazy, you know, methods and methodologies. And both of us had turned to cannabis and not to just like get so high we couldn't feel, but quite the opposite, just take the edge off so that we could cope on a daily basis. And so we ended up sharing with one another this journey we had with cannabis. And we both said, man, there's no good information that's trustworthy out there that what, no matter what your age demographic, and this was, you know, two and a half, almost three years ago when we had this conversation. And we said, and when you get older and you really want things focused to your life stage, you know, 40, 50 plus, um, there is almost nothing that you can rely on. And we thought, you, you know, this isn't right. We have this wonderful plant that can do so many fantastic things we've experienced personally, we got to do something about this. We got to put some information out there and connect people with the right services and products and information so that hopefully they can go live the lives that we can now live because of you know our journey. And sure, the surgery did a lot, but I got to tell you, cannabis was a lifesaver on multiple occasions for both of us. And that's how Three Wells got started was all from that. What was the back issue that you were having, if you don't mind sharing. Yeah, mine was, I got hit by a drunk driver. So you can imagine yeah. I'm not big on drinking. <laughs> yeah, that's another reason uh, did you get, like cannabis. Did you get hit 
in the, while you were driving, like uh, in the car, it was a car accident. You got hit walking. I got hit. I was on my bicycle. Hmm. I wasn't even on the road. I was on it. There was about a, about an eight foot shoulder and I was to the wow. right of that eight foot shoulder and a drunk driver. I was just riding along one afternoon and he, he was so drunk. He swerved off the road, hit me from behind and my bike got pulled up from under me because I got sucked under the car. Oh, wow. Fortunately, I went into the windshield and then mm. up onto the roof and then hit the trunk and then hit the ground. Wow. And that, I know that sounds horrific, but it's actually fortunate I didn't go with the bike. Um, or we oh, yeah, there. for sure. You don't want to be under the car. You'd rather be over the car. It makes sense. Yeah. But well, what it ended up doing was uh, uh, crushing a couple of discs and fracturing my uh, vertebra. And so that's what started the whole journey of back pain. So it was a mechanical thing. It wasn't just a, you know. For sure. No, that's why I wanted to clarify because, you know, people have different things. Not that we're anti-surgery or anything like that, but, uh, you know, if somebody's back just hurts and, you know, it could be from stress, we're not saying go out and get back surgery. You had a legitimate condition where, yeah. which required that. Were you consuming cannabis prior to the surgery too? Yeah, I was lightly. Um, right. I, I'm, I'm not, you know, full disclosure, I'm not a big altered states guy. I enjoy, you know, a little euphoria, relaxation, yeah. happiness, fun. I'm not the kind of guy that just goes, right. gets, you know, little cool, LSD, little. I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you, Jason. We're on this. We're on team. Big <laughs> microdosing, with a, microdosing is, is good, though. Yeah, I, it's good. phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. A little bit of psilocybin, I think, uh, right before an interview is perfect. Just a little that, you know, I met a psilocybin doctor here in, I live up in Marin County mm -hmm. and man, she's got some great stories and I hadn't even considered it, but she uses it in her psychology practice yeah. for therapy. And, and the stories she told me were just phenomenal. I'm just still curious about the recovery and the, and the, uh, and the cannabis use. So were you using it instead of opioids to help recover from the pain of the surgery initially? No, I didn't. I actually only used opioids because there's an incredible amount of pain because, and right, I don't right. want to get too graphic or gross for anyone, but to do the surgery that, that Greg and I had, they have to tunnel through your abdomen. Yeah. Um, so all the, or, you know, all your organs and everything and muscles and yeah. everything get pushed aside. So cannabis has its strengths, but when you're dealing with that kind of pain, you need a you need a blunt instrument. And to me, yeah. opioids are a blunt instrument. They go in, they smash everything and they dull it down and they don't care about what it causes to your liver and whatnot, but it's effective for that kind of acute, very aggressive pain. Right. Whereas the amount of cannabis I felt like I would have to intake wouldn't, you know, it'd just be too much. Mm -hmm. So I actually stayed on the opioids for about a week Right. Um, and then it was just off. I got to get off because I, I don't like opioids at all for all kinds of reasons. And then it was a little bit of cannabis just to, you know, keep my muscles relaxed and right. keep me in a, you know, relatively comfortable state so that I didn't seize up with the pain. Yeah. So that's how cannabis kind of filtered in after I needed Got that it. power of opioids. Got it. How did you know what was right for you or how did you have experience in finding the right strain or cultivar? How do you preferred consuming? Was it more CBD, THC? Like, where did you get your education? I'm just curious. Most of my education, I think, you know, kind of like we do old school, you kind of trial, right? right. Trial and error. And I did reach out to doctors, but doctors really failed me when it came to cannabis. They're getting right. better now. And actually at Three Wells, we have an, uh, a chief medical advisor who's mm -hmm. been in cannabis for 30 years, but you know, they're so rare 
And I just felt like the medical community, and I'm not blaming them. I get it that, you know, they have a very specific legal obligation and they have very specific parameters they have to fall within. So I don't fault them straight out. Where I do fault them is trying to get educated and push the system forward a little more aggressively. But anyway, back back to what you, the core of your question, Len, is that I was very cautious and I started low, you know, glass, go low and start slow. Right. And uh, I just eased my way up till I found that balance point for my body because we, and you guys have talked about this repeatedly, but we have different balance points to, you know, Len with, uh, with your company and looking at your DNA structure and whatnot, you're spot on. It's different for everyone. So I had to find my own. I didn't have the luxury of someone great like, like you and your company to help guide me. I wish I did, man, I would have been all over that. Well, it's not too late. We can yeah. definitely do that. We can get you, we can get yeah. you a kid and have you do it and, and then start mapping, you know, the products that are right for you. I find it fascinating. You hit the nail on the head with a couple of times. And I, I know, John, you were saying something. I kind of probably stepped on what you were trying to say. But uh, I find it fascinating where people say there's there's not enough. The doctors aren't educated. They don't know what to recommend. Like people really don't know where to go. We don't have anything that's centralized. So there's piecemeal localized information and you don't really know how to trust. Studies are studies. Like you go to PubMed and and CBI, you're going to get studies. But when you go to a website and you listen to somebody speak or, or you go, here's what we do that's different than everybody else, that level of knowledge and education, there's not that sharing going on because your guy, your medical uh, chief medical officer is not sharing with our uh, chief medical officer, uh, vice versa. And there are organizations, but it's just, I think there needs to be a little bit more information for everybody that's centralized. That is the same information that everybody shares across the board. So kind of my my thought on that. One problem with cannabis is that cannabis isn't centralized, right? So that's another problem. It's like, I was thinking today, Jason, when you, the products you recommend, obviously you can't get the ones that have THC and are you, you're, you're recommending stuff that has THC in it as well as just CBD products, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so how do you deal with the issue of like, well, that product might not be available in the state that the person is uh, searching from. And luckily I'm, we're, but we're all here in California and it's like, we, we're like in a gold. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're like, spoiled. We're yeah, very yeah, spoiled I mean, at the end of the day. Do you, want, even, you don't want a bath bomb or do you want underwear that's Yeah, used? but even then, <laughs> there's almost all. too much choice in California. So it's also confusing in its own way. But but again, like if I were to be from Nebraska, now Nebraska, I probably can't get cannabis. Maybe I can get medical. I haven't looked at Nebraska's laws lately. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about We'll talk this. about Nebraska in a minute because we don't like Nebraska <laughs> right now. We love Nebraska. Right. We don't like their governor. But uh, how did you? What? How do you deal with that um, issue, Jason? Here's our take on it, and this, you know, it goes back to really what Three Wells is all about, and that is helping people. So, mm-hmm. what, whatever the law says, whatever the borders are, and, and we all have to respect it. Don't get me wrong; I'm not saying break the law, but what I am saying is, we put human beings ahead of borders, boundaries, laws, regulators, governors, etc. So, what, if you're in a legal state or an illegal, you know, where where it's not legal you're going to find it if you want it, right? So we look at it like, sure, we want to help connect people and, and ease that product purchase to the products that are good and safe. But where we can't make that direct product con- connection for them, they're going to find it w- if they really want to find it, whether it's legal or not. And so let's give them the information no matter where they are in this country or Canada and just make sure that however they are consuming it, wherever they're getting it, they're at least educated about it. And so they're getting the best out of the plan. 
and they don't get turned off of the plant prematurely, which I, and I can tell you a story, I'm sure we all share the same stories of people going, going crazy with it, thinking, oh, I am not feeling it yet, I'll take more, and all of a sudden it's a disaster. We want to avoid that because not, not only for, for the individual, but also as an industry, right? Like we want people to have good experiences because if the good experiences will continue to use it and continue to benefit. So we follow the laws, but you know, we're more about the people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, I think you just hit the, the reason why we started our company is to help people avoid adverse events or adverse effects so they can have a more optimal experience with cannabis. And I think that goes underreported. And I'm a huge cannabis proponent. I'm a user. I love it. It's an amazing plant. But people do have adverse effects and they just don't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, I talk about, you know, 300 pound uh, football players that come out and they're like, they don't talk about it. I had my heart was racing. I had a panic attack. No, no, no I, I don't want to talk about that stuff. But people definitely. Yeah, I mean, they're, uh, it's interesting. I haven't been studies, but anecdotally, like nine out of ten people that I ever talked to that don't do cannabis is because they had a bad experience, like when exactly. they were in high school or something like that. Exactly. And that yeah. was it. Like, why I would I ever do that again? <laughs> right. Yeah, I persevere, and you persevere too. You had a bad one, and I like, have, I persevered. I hated <laughs> cannabis at first, and now I freaking work for Green Entrepreneur Magazine. Like, what <laughs> what happened go. to me? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. My you friends laugh that, that I actually have this life because it, it couldn't have been any diff- more different than what I was like in, in you know high school. I'm curious, Jason, about music. Specifically, John was telling me about uh, your background in music and uh, something to do with Led Zeppelin. So I didn't I didn't really know a lot. Maybe you can kind of enlighten uh, me with a background and we can talk about. Yeah. Tell us about your previous uh, life. Our amazing <laughs> Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well. In the spirit of full disclosure, I'm born and raised in Canada. I came down to the U.S. late 90s, so I'm a U.S. citizen. And I was going to say, when you were saying full disclosure, was that, is that because Trump is no longer in power and then you can come out of the closet and say, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. you're going to get deported? You're not going to be deported, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wasn't sure for a while there how far it was going to go. <laughs> exactly. Um, it, no, so you'll, you'll probably hear it in a couple of words I say over the course of our discussion that I still have my Canadian accent, and that's where it comes from. But now to come back to your question, so I'm a marketer by trade uh, mm-hmm. for decades. I won't tell you how long because I'll age myself once again. But you know, I spent a lot of time marketing a lot of companies, and I, I had this passion for music, and and I ended up, uh, you know, so fortunate. I, I left the whole um, agency side for a number of years to go work at Warner Music. Yeah. Um, got to work with some great people, got, you know, and I hadn't worked in music. I, you know, was an outside spectator, if you will, of the industry and of course of music itself. And um, I got to work on some great things. And one of them, yeah, was uh, the release of Mothership and oh, yeah, uh, yeah. working with my, my marketing colleagues because there were, it takes more, more than one guy to market something like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, guys like uh, Tim yeah. and, uh, and Scott Pascucci and yeah. Kevin Gore and those guys. Uh, working with them and the A and R team to get Mothership out, and it was it was phenomenal. It was a great experience. I got to see the band, you know, in 07 at the O. I don't know where you want to go with that, but you know, I'm still giddy about it. You know, 13, 14. You got years to see later. the band. You got to see the band. Yeah, I got the. So there was. Uh, we flew into London right. um, the night before, and then uh, you know, we spent some time and and with some of their management and some of the other people associated with the band the next day, and then. That evening, we went to the friends and family uh, practice session. So we got like right down near the floor. No one was allowed on the floor because Robert Plant, um, he likes to stand back, I guess, from the stage and just 
kind of hear what the audience is going to hear. So he likes the floor being cleared and not people milling about. Right. And um, so we got to watch that. And, you know, it's, it's, it was that was just phenomenal. And then see Jimmy up that close because he still makes those facial expressions, even, you know, like he puckers his lips and he gets right into it. And he's sweating and drooling and grinding. It's yeah. phenomenal. Well, who was on drums? Was it was it uh, Jason Bonham? That was yeah. Them? yeah, yeah, it was Jason. Oh wow, who's amazing so, drummer? So Jason on is his son. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, Jason John Bonham's son. Yeah, I I saw that tour. Did and I, there was another tour that the Black Crows did, or in the Greek they played with Jimmy, and that was amazing as well. Jimmy came out and played with them all Zeppelin songs with the Black Crows. Man, that's that crazy. And, and I saw uh, No Quarter too. Which was uh that was interesting. Wasn't my favorite. I mean, I'll take any Zeppelin I can get, but that was a really <laughs> weird uh, kind of uh, arrangement for their songs. Uh, and I saw Plant a bunch of times. I think so. I got a question for you, Len. Yeah. On one of your podcasts, you said your first album was Zeppelin Four, right? That it correct. Look yeah. at him. Look you at still him. have it? Yeah, it's right here. Look at that. That's your it's first all, one. First it- one. It's all. It's all kind of. You know, it's a little bit age and rip of this. The original. That's great. As it should be. Yeah. yeah. It's got lyrics all over That's it. That's amazing. I think my first records have crayon all over them and stuff. So I'm, glad, <laughs> I'm glad you preserved that. That is it. Yep. That is it. Yeah. That's I have so a, cool. Yeah. I have a bunch of that. Uh, but yeah. And I, I, you listen. That's cool. Zeppelin, you know, I, I always think about this. Like the Beatles are probably my favorite band just because my dad exposed me to the Beatles. When I, that was the first like music that I can remember. Uh, and they're the influence of everything. But if I really think about who do I listen to the most, it is absolutely by far Zeppelin because, I mean, it's just so much Beatles today. How long? Also, you've just listened to your whole childhood, right? So to me, it's like my childhood. <laughs> yeah, I almost got sick of it by the time I was 11. <laughs> me too, right? Especially like the, the younger, uh, the, the earlier stuff. Yeah, the earlier Zeppelin, stuff. man, I can never get sick of Zeppelin. It just, and Mothership, what a cool experience, man, to work on something. I got uh, something to show you. Yeah. Uh, here we go. All right. Show and tell. Right. We're going to have to. Oh, look oh at that. man. That's so badass. Jason is showing a poster of Mothership. What is that from? From the show? This is actually. So Shepard Ferry did the artwork. Oh, wow. Yep. Yep, yep. And it's a signed, signed version from Shepard Ferry. From Shepard. If you're listening oh, yeah. to this, it's on the YouTube I won't worry version of this video. Are you, uh, this are you, uh, you're keeping that one, right? <laughs> yeah, you can, Why you can, do I get a feeling he's pitching for it? Yeah. <laughs> Should, that's amazing. That's so cool. That Shepard really cool. Ferry's kid went to my kid's school, and uh, oh, yeah? I was always kind of like lingering around to try to he, get to so talk to him. <laughs> the last time I was at the Troubadour, Everlast, I think uh-huh. Everlast was performing. Shepard Ferry was the DJ before. Oh, wow. So before he really? came on, Shepard Ferry DJed. Yeah, I was did like, he, could he spin? That looks familiar. I, I mean, DJed, I'm doing air quotes for those yeah, of you who can't He's just say, playing records. DJed, I didn't see anybody with, you know, techniques and scratching records right. so they're just connecting songs but, yeah you know, that's cool yeah i'm like but i'm like that looks familiar like oh Ferry. speaking of djing and led zeppelin one of the great oh you know what forget it forget it <laughs> wrong well, wrong anecdote yeah. um i was gonna say that some of the great samples have been used but i was gonna say one of some of the great dj sets but i'm i'm confusing my dj my dj sets well, but, no, um, there was, a, there was like, I mean, if you really listen to Zeppelin and first of like, uh, listen to early Beastie Boys stuff. Yeah. So, the, speaking of Ze- like, the speaking of samples, I mean, there is so much stuff that Zeppelin took from other people. You have to be able, that's why, you know, back I have uh, Willie Dixon and, uh, 
and Wolf and, and Mud, Muddy Waters and all those guys. But they also won some lawsuits. Wasn't like the spirit yeah. one that they did the stairway to heaven and they said, no, it's like uh, they didn't steal it or something like that, right? Yeah, they won. I'm, I'm so thankful they won that one because, I mean, come on. There, there's, you know, there's a limit here. The Willie Dixon thing, I got, uh, you, right. you know, okay. It doesn't make me love them any less, but yeah, you know, share what, what should be shared. I, so I get it. Yeah, they should have given them credit. A hundred percent. You you look at the old chess guys, give them some credit. You borrowed some stuff, but the other stuff is like, I can hear it and maybe inspired your music, but I'm not sure if they actually literally like copied it. it. Yeah. It's yeah, hard there to, was a, yeah. a it's Jake hard to Holmes, prove that. Yeah. There was a Jake Holmes song, the days and confused. They were saying that they stole that. There's some similarities. And what's that, that band that now basically just steals Zeppelin? You know, uh, are you uh, talking Gre- Greta Van Fleet? Yeah. Van Fleet. Yeah. yeah, Greta Van Fleet. And they're like, so, we're not influenced at all by Zeppelin. I'm I, like, well, the guy came they, out. He said he doesn't know what you're talking about. No, uh, no. Uh, it's like so, hilarious. And Robert Plant did an interview about that. He's like, you know what? It's an honor. Uh, he didn't even take it. He that doesn't series. care. Yeah, at this point. Yeah, you know what? I love Greta Van Fleet. I mean, yeah. for all the obvious reasons. I think they said, yeah, we were influenced by Zeppelin. Why not? I mean, what a fantastic influence that is. Exactly. So, I would, you know, if I were them, I just maybe they're genuine in their claim. I don't know, but I still love Greta Van Fleet too. I wait, I play that way too loud and it annoys my son. Yeah, that that Greta Van Fleet's great. So, yeah, you mentioned Stairway to Heaven. I got a a little anecdote that's kind of funny for you. So, Mm -hmm. I got to go into the vault at Warner Music. There's a big warehouse in Burbank. Um, and they wouldn't give them the address for it, but they took me there. My did they executive. blindfold you and put a hood over your <laughs> Almost, man, almost. They drove. They, they really did drive around and not That's let crazy. me see and, and mark where we were going because I had just started with the company, so they were still sussing me out. But I got right. to go to this warehouse where all the uh, masters are. Hmm. And I said, okay, I know we have the masters in here for Zeppelin. I got to see them. And they had, uh, I'll share an Elton John with, uh, story with you as well. But so I got to see the masters and hold the master tapes. I know this sounds really geeky. I'm totally geeking out. Oh, um, great. You're in the right crowd. You're, you're, right, you're with the right geeks. Yeah. yeah. So I open up the cover, like the reels in there, right? Yeah. And open up the cover. I read it and and it has stairway, stairway in it, but it says stairwell in heaven. Hmm. somebody had written it incorrectly in inside of the jacket there for the case of the tape so oh, that's, that's so interesting stairwell so cool. in heaven and, and then they i make you leave your phone you can it's so english phone. too yeah oh the stairwell in heaven <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh the other way elton john by the way just i know i know we're we're off a little bit here but uh, uh, a quick question for you so i uh one of elton john's masters was in there yeah. and i'll give you one guess what was drawn on the inside of the, of, of one of his masters a, hmm. I have some pretty horrible answers. A brick, a brick. I was gonna say a brick road, like bricks uh, or something. Like that. Uh, a rock penis. A jet. I yeah. was gonna say a penis. <laughs> he was gonna. I knew John was gonna say penis right away. Right. Then so I was like, that's kind of like that because that's the first homophobic word association. But but, <laughs> but then I was like, maybe they a jet, like for Benny and. Or a, no, yeah, the jet is a good guess. I, no, a penis. A penis. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was a we penis. Oh, you're damn it. I'm serious. It was it almost was too penis. on the nose. <laughs> I know. It was the first thing. I'm like, I'm gonna avoid saying the first. That's what you got to go with your gut right yeah, away, man. Go with that's your gut. It was a different time, and that was the time when you used to just draw penises everywhere. Yeah. Oh, that stop. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Exactly. No, you didn't get that memo. That. Yeah. <laughs> get the memo. <laughs> no All right, so I'm putting you in the spot. I'm putting you in the spot. What are your three favorite Zeppelin songs? Cashmere, Black Dog, 
You know, there's just something about ramble on. Mm. Yeah, that's. And I know everyone says, "Why not?" You know, stairway and blah blah blah. I love the song, but candidly, I've heard it so much. That's it. Yeah, but, skip it. But here's the one that here's something for you guys. I got a question for for you. Yeah. Um, uh, Bonzo's Montro. Yeah. If you listen to it really carefully, and this is this is the 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 rumor, the the theory, whatever. I, I, I have never been able to prove or disprove it. When he's uh, he's pounding on his bass pedal, there's a little squeak, yeah. and apparently he wouldn't oil it. Now, is that just folklore? Or is that true? Uh, I heard something like that too. I think that it is true because he did not let anybody touch his uh, kit, and the way that it sounded is the way that it sounded. And they were recording it live, and I think Jimmy actually liked that sound. He's like, "Leave it in." So huh. that's what I heard. There we go. So, but I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know if it's folklore or not, but I love your uh, three. I I had, I couldn't make a decision. So I had a whole lot of love too. I had cashmere and ramble on as like, I couldn't make a decision between the two. And I had the immigrant song. I have the immigrant. Oh, yeah. yeah. The immigrant song is one of my favorites. When the levee breaks, I like, then there's like songs that are, that I've discovered later in my life, like over the hills and far away. Oh, that are like incredible. Well, everything <laughs> like is trippy. Good, I, mean. I mean, they're all incredible, but you guys. So here's here's one. Uh, I hope I won't let my wife listen to to, to this podcast because I'm about to share something with you and, and all your listeners. <laughs> when I when I get in an argument with my wife, I just section myself off and I listen to Days to Confuse. Right? Mm. Days to Confuse so long it's not true. Yeah, <laughs> What's that pretty exactly. woman never bargained for you? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I love it. There's a lot of those uh, those messages in Zeppelin songs uh, about being scorned by a woman. So, oh, yeah. oh yeah, I've never been scorned by a woman though. So my son learned, my <laughs> son learned the Moby Dick, the Moby Dick solo, which is kind of incredible. That was kind of incredible. Yeah, yeah. even um, though I'm divorced, but I, I wouldn't consider it. I like to. Yeah, <laughs> we should we should do a whole segment, um, Len, on songs that we listen to when oh. we're mad at our partners. Or when I don't you, have a partner. When, when you had one. You, I'm sure you had one. Your mom's <laughs> you in my partner. business. She's in my I have business. Partners. I, have, um, I have partners. You have partners. Okay. Yes. Well, sorry, you know, guys. People, people I'm friendly with. That's okay. Is that is that Jimmy Page calling? He is. Jimmy Page oh, paging. Speaking of, check out this shirt. I'm going to show you my shirt. Hold on. I'm, let me. Move is that dog. your dog? <laughs> First, you have to remove <laughs> the dog. That's your shirt? Your dog? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's dope. Can you see that? That's pretty oh, cool. Wow. It says Jimmy Page. Yeah, it's my old school Jimmy Page shirt. It's pretty cool. I have nothing on that's Zeppelin. I have Dr. Spock spinning on the wheels of steel. Well, that's cool. <laughs> Talk about geek. This is probably the most dad shirt. My kids said to me, that is the most dad shirt I have ever seen. I thought I was cool for a minute there. I think that a lot of but, the dads uh, are wearing the Bruce Lee spinning. Oh, yeah. You saw that. Yeah, the Bruce Lee. everywhere. I, I liked it when I first little... saw it. I mean, that shirt's so cool. I got to get me one. Then I'm like, I go to a school thing and like there's three dads or whatever. Yeah, they got the Bruce Lee. I know. Yeah, I don't it's, know. It's the depressing. All right, let's let's go with Jason's questions. Let's, okay, Jason's uh, questions. All right. Oh, okay. You ready for these? I am. I think right. very very difficult. So get ready. <laughs> first one is please describe your first experience with cannabis. Jamaica. Jamaica. I was I was Last in year. Jamaica. I was uh, like 16, 17, 16. I uh, went to see a buddy of mine's parents. They're from Jamaica. And we went down there and and we had been out partying late at the clubs. It was like three o'clock in the morning. We went to his aunt's place. His aunt was up, you know, bimbling about the house. 
and she had made some cookies. Mm. And uh, so she said, she said to Mark, I won't even try to do the wonderful Jamaican accent, which I love, but I'd have respect for Jamaicans. I won't do <laughs> right. that. And, and uh, he said, Oh yeah, yeah. I love my aunt's cookies and gives me, and I have a cookie and I took a big bite of this cookie uh-huh. and I was chewing it. And I thought, these are the strangest chocolate chips because they look like chocolate <laughs> chips. They're all gummy and tasted funny. And I swallowed it and I realized, oh, that was hash. That wasn't, you know, yes. that wasn't chocolate chips. And then you're like, what's going to happen? Yeah, I, because I, I hadn't, you know, my buddies had smoked and I, I'm not a big smoker of anything because I was an athlete and I didn't want to, you know, put that in my lungs because I knew it would slow me down. So anyways, I had this and it was like 45 minutes later, I'm sitting on the couch. And you know how... Body buzz, at least for me, body buzz has kind of come on fast and mm-hmm. furious out of nowhere. Like they just from zero to 60. Yeah. And uh, I was sitting beside a plant and I kind of leaned a little because uh, I started to feel the buzz and the plant was tickling my face. And it just <laughs> sent me off on this animation induced mind trip. Wow. And uh, it was phenomenal, but I wasn't sure what to expect. And my friend Mark looks at me, he goes, Oh shit! You are really still. <laughs> You're like, Whoa. So your first experience with it was an edible. That's pretty. That's good. pretty intense. First guy uh, on our show that ever had their first experience being edible, right? Yeah, John? definitely. You are. Oh, yeah? You are. You so get you, a, a, a. Yeah, that's that's pretty, pretty <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Accomplishment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, we already kind of touched on music. Uh, obviously, John and I and you, and you uh, Jason, music people is there an album or a song or a genre that is like your go-to uh besides you know when you get an argument with your wife is there anything else? <laughs> you're gonna hold that for ransom yeah. you can tell yeah, like, my wife it's, it's um, on record now man yeah exactly <laughs> yeah he, here's the thing so i i have a real leaning toward like rock like i love greta van fleet or the right. black crows or you know black keys and but so, so I bias there quickly, but here's the other end of that spectrum. When I want to be creative, because marketing is my profession, right. I put on some hardcore techno and that mm-hmm. just puts me in a really creative focused mood. So I will go from one stream to a, to the other. So is techno like more modern or more like Detroit, Chicago, Joey Beltram pounding stuff? Is there a- no, what it's really ultra modern. Like it's just okay. that constant yeah. beat. The EDM. Yeah. And there's not a lot of singing, so that's not distracted None. by the lyrics. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I want any singing when that. I'm in that zone. Yeah. Yeah. You just makes want sense. the beat. Yeah. I like working Definitely out to that sense. music for sure. What has cannabis meant in your life? Health and balance. Uh, I would say those two things. Like b- because you know, the whole CBD, you know, what it does for in our uh, ECS endocannabinoid system just helps, helps me balance my system. And I'm, I'm really fortunate. I've had my, like, we all have, you know, our health issues, both external and internal, meaning, you know, somewhat self-inflicted. I'm a mountain bike rider, so Mm. I've broken far too many things. And, but it really has helped me balance my entire system, which Mm. keeps me healthy. So I'm not reliant on the plant to heal something right now, which I'm thankful for. I'm reliant on the plant to balance things out for me. Mm. And that enables me to live a good life and to be, right. you know, successful. And right now all I use cannabis for is at night to sleep and occasionally right. on the weekends to relax. 
Yeah. So you're looking at it as a supplement in your life that yeah. helps you with overall health and wellness and preventative. So you don't have to have that acute situation that comes up. You're looking at it as uh, as part of your health and wellness routine. Exactly. Cool. Awesome. All right. So bonus question, if you remember <laughs> or not. Uh, this is John's favorite question that I, I ever asked. He loves this question. Uh, describe what your room looked like growing up, if you remember. Oh man, I'm going to embarrass myself with this one. The biggest thing that was in my room when I was a kid was a waterbed. Oh man. There you go. Cue porn music. (laughs) And then he had a mirror on top over the bed. And then we got older, he put a little motor to spun around. That's awesome. (laughs) Waterbeds were such a thing for a minute there. There was. I I wanted a waterbed. I just couldn't, my parents couldn't. I wanted one too. They were horrible. (laughs) <laughs> horribly horribly uh bad for your back i'm sure like oh it was terrible it didn't last long i think it lasted maybe a year and i just couldn't take it anymore so i was very much into cars i was building and racing dragsters and, oh, wow, and cool. mobile track cars from the time i was 15 so right. i had cars and i even had believe it or not my mom would freak out i would sneak car parts up into my room so i could clean them like carburetors and things like that so i had car parts and a water bed and of course the typical teenage posters in my room, but that's what was going on. What were some of the the teenage posters? Were they like girls or were they bands or, or girls with bands and cars? (laughs) Bikini um, girls with cars. cars. It was, uh, my favorite was a Countach, a white Lambo Countach. Yes. Uh, of course you had to have that in the eighties. And then, uh, yeah, I had a couple of girl calendars actually. I had it because I liked the variety. Of course. (laughs) So yeah, that was you understand, Jason, that this is being recorded, right? (laughs) And will be held. (laughs) Variety check. Variety's over now, dear. Uh, You know. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Thank you for sharing. I I think it's fascinating to kind of get a a peek into how people grew up and what they had on their walls and what their room looked like. Gives you the kind of a sense of where they are. Life, well, that was a good answer. Some people are like, I don't remember what how old did I have to be? And uh, uh, I can't remember what I have you even asked me this question? Well, don't ask it because I can't really remember. I don't remember if I asked you. Yeah, do you remember your room? No, I mean, I do, but I remember different phases of my life. I did ask you, I think I did ask you. We had this conversation because I remember mine distinctly. I remember talking about mine. Okay, I remember I used to have a lot of penance. Like that was a thing well, for a minute. Pennants, like those little baseball pennants. Yeah, 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 yeah. Coming in with this when people used to give things for winning stuff. Now they just give it to you the participation. Right, like little up, baseball yeah. pennants. Like I had like a little Yankees pennant in it, like the yeah, little flag. When they won the pennant. Yeah, when they won the pennant. Exactly. Anyway, I had well, this- I had my Heather Thomas poster that nobody knew who oh. Heather Thomas was, but you and I think she was next to Kuntash, if I remember something like that. Thomas was I had a few because, you know, my dad was a film composer. So I had a few of his movie posters up on my wall, which I thought were super cool. Like Clute. Yeah. I had a Clute poster. Clute. Well, that whole that yeah. whole thing with your dad, it was just like my blood. It's awesome. I'm so happy that you shared. Yes, there was a, a little shout time. out to my pops. There was an article written about my dad passed away in 2004. But there was an article that was written about his music in um, Criterion magazine this week uh, about just about his legacy. And it was really awesome. The writer is yeah, really, really into my cool. dad, wow. which was so great. Yeah. Jason, this has been fascinating, people, Jason. Yeah. Where can people find more about you, your company, Three Wells, and anything else? Zeppelin or, you know, <laughs> where can they see you when you're running out of your house when you got in a fight with your wife? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, he just got in a fight. There's days of confused plan. That's it. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you can, well, check us out at threewells.co. In full disclosure, I also own a marketing agency, um, which is idlabglobal.com. Cool. And LinkedIn, you know, Jason Turner, I'm in, uh, I'm in California. That's where you'll find me. So you can find my profile there. They can't find you. You don't have an Instagram handle or like a Snapchat or TikTok, anything no. like that? No. So, so here's the thing. So all day, every day, you know, I'm either marketing with Three Wells or, or I have clients that I market for right, as right. well on social media, but I put nothing on social media personally. Hmm. Got it. For, at a, personally, that's just, a, and that's interesting as a marketer, you don't think, because you're not selling your own personal brand. No. And, and here's the thing. So I, I've been in tech since 95 mm-hmm. um, when, you know, you couldn't market anything online. You couldn't even barely no. put images online. So no. what I found out was, and I worked with a company that did all the backend systems for banks and, and, right. and like, and I know what's being collected. I know what's being amassed and it's not a conspiracy theory. It's not me being paranoid. I know specifically what's going on. And as a marketer, yeah. I know yeah. a lot. And I decided years ago that, you know what, I, I'm, I just don't want to put my, my private life up on, on social media like that. Call me paranoid. It's just, it's a personal philosophy. Right. Well, you're putting your private life up here on podcast. So we appreciate yeah, it. I am. That works. <laughs> we'll take it. Yeah. Jason, thank you thank so much you, for joining Jason. us. It's great, awesome. man. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. So appreciate too, it. I knew you'd be a good guest for this show. So I'll take credit sure. for this one. Uh, yes. Thanks. Good job, John. <laughs> Well done. You guys are fantastic, and I enjoy all your shows. So thanks for having me on. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate it, man. Take it easy. Guy, yeah. Right? yeah great guy man I yeah really i figured it. i figured you that was a good get for us good good energy yeah when well, i interviewed him we forgot, like, we forgot to ask him about pete ricketts but i guess uh, oh well let's we talk got, about pete ricketts his... ourselves i mean what, right so this i mean i don't even know what to background. talk about i mean what do you say like we just with this guy's a ridiculous person i mean well here's some background so he's the governor of nebraska and Nebraska is uh, interested in uh, joining for legalization of cannabis. And he came out and basically he is sponsoring a bill to change their constitution to prevent marijuana from ever appearing in that state on any ballot, legal for any reason whatsoever. Okay. And I'm fine with an, with an open debate. But when the guy starts saying, literally, he said, you will kill your kids if you legalize cannabis. Mm. I mean, to say such outlandish things, especially when and GW Pharmaceuticals has an FDA-approved product that's specific for kids and specific for a you know form of epilepsy, to come out and say that it's going to kill your kids is against pharma, against everything. I mean, it's, it's such reefer madness. It's a really reefer madness. It's just really so indicative of where we are in this culture now, this sort of war on the truth, that like it doesn't really matter if what you well, say is true. Well, that's that's exactly it. So, so here's my take on it. I believe there's no way he really believes 100 percent of this. Right. He just believes the opposite. He'll just take the complete opposite uh, view of anybody else because there's no science. He's not referencing anything. He's not referencing you know uh, trial. Nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just information that's like 
you're, you, this is your brain on drugs. This is what's going to happen to you. So I just believe he's trying to get notoriety and he, it's working for him because he's all over the news everywhere. Right. And he's saying such outlandish things that really have no basis. It's, I really I mean, want to platform, but I mean, it's got to it be It just addressed. seems so out of touch with where the American public is. And I wonder if there are even people in his state. Like he must obviously be doing poll. I mean, yes, there must be a part of him that believes that crap, even though it's not true. But or maybe there is, and maybe he's completely cynical and doing it just for political reasons. But I can't imagine that in polling in Nebraska, cannabis is not a popular issue. I mean, it is in every other state. It's not like Nebraska is some sort of strange. I'll just read you what he said. Uh, this is his last quote, in which I got today. This is a dangerous drug that will impact our kids. Ricketts told reporters, if you legalize marijuana, you're going to kill your kids. That's what the data shows from all around the country. Big pot, big marijuana is big industry, Ricketts said. This is a big industry that's trying to uh, not to be regulated to go around regulatory process. And that's the most put, regulated industry I've ever seen in my people, entire life. Right. It's going to put people at risk. And you go around regulations that are designed for health and safety of our society. Hmm. This is what he said. So I don't even know which part of this to unpack. Dangerous drug? No, it's wrong. It's not a dangerous drug comparatively to anything else. Number two, it's going to kill your kids. We already addressed it. Number three, it's trying to go around regulations, unregulated. Please regulate it. We've been asking as an industry to regulate us, yeah. to get us Dang out of it. the dark ages and freaking get the right products everywhere. We're yeah. asking for that. So it's ridiculous. Legalize it and regulate it. And we're going around regulations that's designed for health and safety. I mean, every state is so regulated when it becomes uh, legal that I don't even understand. Wh- I have where a feeling that Ricketts, if you were to go back in a time capsule, he was in Jamaica with his friends and he, <laughs> his aunt, the aunt made him a cookie and he ate the whole cookie because that's what they do in Nebraska, <laughs> eat the whole cookie. And he got crazy high and he's like, I will never do that freaking again and I will never allow anybody else to do it. Or he's a complete stoner and he's just trying to create, <laughs> you know, sometimes people who are like the most homophobic. And I was going to say that, right? right? Doing, they make the laws that. that are the most abusive against homosexuals. And maybe he's like a total weed and he, so he wants to create a, a world in which he is not allowed to have weed because he is such an addict of weed. Even even though you <laughs> can't be addicted one. to weed, but That's I, the one. I think that might be it. So we've completely analyzed. But open invitation for Governor Ricketts to come on this show and explain Please his point on. of view. Love I mean, to hear. I'm thinking you. I would love to. I'm going to approach him because I'm sure he will never come on this show. I'm sure he right. would never go on any cannabis friendly show because he knows he'd be called out. And and you know it's easy to say these lies. And and obviously we would, Governor Ricketts, if you're listening, because I know you're a regular listener to this show. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, we would give them a fair platform. Explain your views. Where are you getting your views? I'm just curious where they to. come from. I, you know, maybe we're in a bubble, but like what he's talking about is so far from the world that I live in and know about and read about all day long. I don't know if he's reading some sort of alternative study. Well, he's that- saying he's saying uh, the other thing that I heard him say is that he said that it's really hurting elementary school students that they get it readily in legal states. I mean, I'm like where. All the there's a lot of research now out of Colorado and California, and this, none right. of this is happening. There's not an no. uptick in children. There's not an uptick in accidents happening. The opioid crisis is down. I, there's so many positives. I mean, I agree. Yeah. Every drug has to be treated and regulated, and we all both agree on that. And yeah. so I'm not saying like it should just be like all over the streets and stuff. But I mean, my God, it's 
it's one it, compared to other drugs it's so safe um yeah, anyway the, the reason why it becomes illicit and all that stuff is because it's not regulated because it's right illegal. so that's what that doesn't work so he's he, regulated yeah, he's, it's such it. backwards thinking but anyway it's very sad yeah. that that those kinds of people they're always going to be there and hopefully i haven't been reading about the response but it's obviously giving him some the response the response on every news station uh, that i i don't listen to watch the news but i just like looked at this everybody's like it's kind of ridiculous so i don't i don't see where he's getting any support but we'll see you want to talk about the uh yeah let's rock? talk about so there was a article right that you had yeah. passed on to me that mm -hmm. is uh we always love these uh lists because then yeah. we can dissect them and destroy them it was a weird list it was loudwire um dot yeah. com and mm -hmm. they did like what was it called the hundred they did the top 90 hard rock and heavy metal albums of the 90s right so hard rock and heavy metal is a weird i mean right yeah so i guess that's why because there were some things that weren't really on this list that i was like well these are the greatest records of the 90s but i guess hard rock and heavy metal yeah we have to keep it to the genre of rock i don't even think a lot of these are hard rock or metal uh but then they had a lot of like uh, death metal on that list which I found interesting. It's weird. So it's just so strange to mix Anthrax and Smashing Pumpkins on the same right, list. The, exactly. That's right? what I'm saying. So I just kind of, I came up with my top 10 because, uh, you know, having Cannibal Corpse next to Faith No More is like, you know, completely <laughs> different type of uh Yeah, it's music. a very, in that way it was a strange list. And honestly, this is not a list, like I'm not really that into hard rock. So I, I'm not a good person. Like I know who Slipknot is. In fact, I did a funny video with Slipknot once, but I don't listen to their music. I appreciate their music. I'm just not a, a listener. And well, then it, here's, and like Sublime is on that list. So like Slipknot and Sublime, like that's the total <laughs> op, like they're so right. different. I mean, Slayer and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. But anyway, well, I'd love to hear your list. You do your list, then I'll do mine. This is yeah, sort of basically my, best rock records of the 90s, right? Yeah, I did my top 10, and then, we, and then you'll go through yours, and what we'll do is we'll read theirs and okay. see how it compares. Okay, perfect. Uh, so I did mine in uh, – did you do yours in order, like the one through 10? Like, I didn't. I didn't. Okay. Yeah, I didn't either. Because okay, it's good. just too hard. You want me to do all 10? Yeah, you, you do all 10, one? and then okay. I'll say – if I'll go ding. Well, okay, well, I'll just – you do your 10, and then I'll tell you whether I agree. All right, I'll, or, I'll, go, I'll go my 10. All right, so Rage Against the Machine, mm -hmm. self-titled, Pearl Jam 10, mm -hmm. Alice in Chains, this is the double album, the Jar of Flies EP with Sap EP, double album, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, uh, Jane's Addiction, Ritual, Delo, Habitual, uh, Stone Temple Pilots Core, Soundgarden, Bad Motor Finger, Metallica, the Black Album, the uh, self-titled, uh, then I have Nine Inch Nails, Downward Spiral. And my 10th is, I have a tie, so I have to, I guess I got to make a decision. I have Nirvana in utero and Tool Undertow. Mm. That's, my, that's my 10th. Does Tool Undertow, is that the one that has um, ding, 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 ding? Sober, ding, ding, yeah. That's um, song. yeah. Oh my God, I love, I love Tool. Yeah. yeah, I had a lot of overlap on mine. And again, I'm not, I think I have too many now. I'm looking at my list and it's like, <laughs> damn it, I think I have 12. I think I had, by overlaps, I also had Rage Against the Machine. Right. I also had Ritual, Dula Habitual, Jane's Addiction. Mm -hmm. I also had Stone Temple Pilots. I also had Pearl Jam 10. And I also had Alice in Chains. Now, mm -hmm. there were some records, and I don't even know if they're the best records. They're just records that I listened to over and over and over again in the 90s, and they were rock mm -hmm. records. So I will tell you what they are. 
One okay. is OK Computer Radiohead. Now, is Radiohead not considered rock? I, I don't know. I completely agree with you. I love Radiohead. Yeah. When I when they said hard rock, heavy yeah, I guess metal, I, I didn't put them in there. I would say they're more alternative, I guess. I don't even know categories, but I didn't think of them. Because, because the other, so that's where it gets confusing for me because there's okay. other records, like for example, because I put these in the alternative rock section, like I love the Cranberries, no need to argue. I, I love the right. Cranberries. Like I loved, right. I know that's like a cliche because with who's a guy in a, in a Clueless loves the Cranberries. He just always wants to listen to Cranberries records all the time. <laughs> but I love the Cranberries. So I love No Need to Argue. It was a fantastic right. album that I listened to like a, about a trillion times. And then I ended mm -hmm. up listening to all their albums over. The other one, I do love that Sublime album. Yeah. Um, it's just one of the I, I just couldn't put it. I couldn't I put it on the list. A weird, because I it's think like, that's almost a reggae a, album. I mean. F yeah. If you want right. to do reggae funk or the, like a rap. Do reggae. Uh, yeah. It's a yeah, hard it should one. Be, it should it's be a hybrid. Reggae. And the same thing with Beck Odelay. Because I love that album. But I don't know, like, what is that music? It's weird, like, alternative Definitely not hard rock, rock for me, but it, I love that album, too. Yeah. So I think those were the only ones I had. I did have Green Day on there, Dookie, just because I felt like that was a very pivotal record. Like, it kind of, like, changed a little bit of the sound. It was. I agree. You know? I didn't love... I, do, I don't... I didn't love it, and it got overplayed. But it yeah. could be... If I did a top 15, it would be on my list. But it, it didn't even make my... Uh, All right. So let's 10. let's now read their list, which is... All right. Is, let's read theirs. Which is, right. you know, definitely didn't include certain things that we, yeah. that I honestly don't even know the bands well enough to be able to even put All them right. on my list. But here we go. All right. So the top 10 and in order 10 down. So number 10 is Pearl Jam 10, 10, 10, 10. Mm -hmm. uh, number nine is Megadeth. Rust, in, Rust peace. in peace. I'm just not the right guy to weigh in on Megadeth. I mean, first of all, it's not my favorite Megadeth album. Second of all. Megadeth in the top ten, maybe love Dave Mustaine. I like uh, Megadeth, but I I wouldn't put in my top ten. Obviously, mm -hmm. Allison Chains, Dirt. Yep, uh, great album, absolutely. Uh, Rooster on it. I mean, yeah, you can't go wrong. The reason why I liked the because I got two for the price of one kind of thing, so I just went with uh, with that. Rage Against the Machine is their yeah. Number I mean, how can you argue seven. with that? I mean, one of the greatest albums ever right. made, and it's amazing. Tool Enema, I, I really like uh, the other one better. You like the other one more. Stink Fist, that's the song I was thinking about by Tool that I love. Stink Fist. Oh, yeah. Then we have Green Day Dookie. They went with Green Day Dookie, number five. They went with Green Day Dookie at number five. Number four, Metallica. Uh, number four is Metallica. Number three is Downward Spiral, which is Nine Inch Nails. Love that album. Great. That's where they had... Uh, Hurt, he did mm -hmm. Hurt, which uh, uh, Johnny Cash remade. Next was Pantera, uh, Vulgar Display of Power. Such an amazing album. And, and Dimebag Daryl's guitar playing is, I mean, legendary on that. Right. Would I put it as number two? Of all not time hard me. rock records of the 90s? Yeah, that's Not for me. Surprising. It's an amazing album. I would listen to it, maybe top 15, top 20, but man, to each his own. Number one, Nirvana, Nevermind. Well, okay. So Nirvana, never mind. Probably because it was pivotal in in terms of the '90s and the, the genre, but I would not make that my number one '90s album. Honestly, one of the uh, well, I mean, it has amazing songs on. I'm they're so overplayed at this point that it's hard to even remember what it was like well, when you first heard. I like but, "Come as You Are" and, and "Bloom," but uh, I'm sick of "Smells Like Teen Spirit." But I liked "In Utero" better. Yeah. I thought "In Utero" was much more interesting the way it was made but. agree and you know what uh, album 
it would never be on their list because it's not hard rock. But if we're going to talk Nirvana, I love the Unplugged Nirvana album. Oh, that's my favorite Nirvana album. Isn't that an incredible <laughs> album? I could just listen to that it's so every raw. day of well, my life. His, yeah, his version of Lead Belly's. Uh, oh my god, uh, the cover. I mean, it's it's heart wrenching. Like you can feel whatever he was going through. He put yeah. that emotion in that song. For that sure. is such an emotional record, and it is just it's so beautiful. The most purest form of Kurt Cobain and his voice. Yeah, I um, agree. So I I love that record, and I know it wouldn't be on a hard rock record, but I think just as far as a rock record, it's incredible. I don't so, know. I, it could be. It's the same thing as Sap and Jar of Flies. It's Ballast and Chains is hard rock. Yeah, I mean it's not soft rock, right? You know what I'm saying, right? But it's more ballady, I guess is a, is the point because it's unplugged. All right, so I have I have a question for you before we do the Have you heard? I was listening to uh, Rick Rubin. Uh, he had Kenny Beats on. Yeah, uh, who's a producer. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, he's my son's idol. I mean, the amount of knowledge this kid has, and I call him a kid because he's in his twenties. Right. I mean, the amount of knowledge that he has about hip hop from Memphis and from every region. So they, I found it interesting what they were talking about, besides all different kind of music. Rick Rubin has this theory, and I want to run this by you and see what you think. He believes the music, and we're talking about hip-hop, uh, not other genres of music. Mm-hmm. He believes the hip-hop of a region is specific to the drugs they were consuming in that region. Really, so the, the drugs. drugs? The yeah. drugs that influence that music. So I want to run it by you, see what you think, and maybe we can come up with some examples to share. So let's let's think about it this way. California, it's an easy one. California, right. laid back, laid funk, back. it's weed driven. It yeah. is a weed, that weed, that music is so weed driven. It's like, you know, you got that funk, you got that you know, bounce in the car and it's sort of laid back, right? Yeah, kind that makes sense. What's New York drug? Coke? Well, I, I believe New York rap is very aggressive. It's in your face, right? It's, it's Unless you're uh, Rakim. Yeah, that's true though. Well, even Rakim's, even his Kate, the, the, the flow of the beats is like, it's more... You know, yeah, you're right. Rakim is not, his lyrics aren't aggressive, but I believe that they're Coke influenced. Maybe not, but I just wanted to get your Yeah, I think that's the a cadence. really interesting, uh, I might have to be with Rick on that one. He, and he, and then Miami bass. He's like, it's so heavy. It's so, and I'm like, what is Miami drug? That's got to be like ecstasy mixed with, uh, with Coke, maybe together or some of that, because it's fast. And it's and it's really uh, you know with a lot of bass it just kind of shakes you moves you and nobody gives a shit about the lyrics you know maybe like the shout back kind of thing that they have but it's about it and I, Atlanta that is interesting where did you hear this uh, this interview this is uh, on so Kenny Beats got interviewed twice on uh, Rick Rubin's uh, podcast that he does with uh, Malcolm Gladwell, yeah, Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, it's the Broken Record yep. uh, podcast great, great podcast I mean it's one of my favorite podcasts I, I freaking love. When they geek out on music, I never hear anybody to this level because first of all, Rick is associated with every genre of everything. Yeah, he's and done then he, everything. And then and when you have like a guy like uh this guy come on, the level to you know, here's three six mafia influenced these guys in Memphis, influenced these guys who are making music now. And we were talking about this music, and I was like, "Was it was is Atlanta meth? I don't know." <laughs> yeah, people from Atlanta are gonna be like, "No, fuck no." I don't know what the drug is, but there is a certain type of uh, attitude 
that's created maybe based on what's playing on dance floor. And he was telling, we, we talk about all the time, lyrics, right? Uh, so back in the day, it's like, what do you listen to? What are the lyrics of the song? And the lyrics uh, mean something. They connect something to me. They're saying that nowadays, the music itself gets the credit. Like they want to evoke uh, some sort of emotion music. Is it going to be a record that's for the dance floor? Like when I talk to my daughter, they they mosh. I'm like, what are you mosh? What are you like playing hard rock? And they're like, no, to like Travis Scott or whoever else is playing. But if you listen to music, it's so simple. Like the beats are, there is so much just drums and that's right. it. And they're rapping over drums. If they're not connecting the lyrics and they're not connecting the music is simple, is it just the 808s? Is it just the drums that are moving you and that's it? Oops. And you're flowing through that? By the way, Kenny Beats, big shout out to Kenny Beats. He does a thing every, I don't know, month or week or something where he asks, you know, his fans to submit beats. And my my son has done this like religiously for like the last few months. He just, he, he right. spends all his day like working on a beat and then he you know, hasn't won. But I think it's just a wonderful, he kind of opens it up to his fans. He's a huge inspiration on my son and, and he plays the beats and he's like very supportive of like that community. Well, I have a, I have a great Kenny Beats. I'm not going to play it this time to have you heard. I'm going to play something else because I, I'll, but I'll save it for our next one. I'll play you something interesting. But there's a thing that Kenny Beats does where he can create a beat, personalize a beat for somebody on the fly. Uh, I don't oh, know if wow. you ever heard. He, he does it. So I want to see, he's the guy of personalizing beats. Maybe what I'll do is I'll, I'll see if anybody's listening. I'll get him a, a kit and I'll personalize his cannabis for him and see if we can make a beat for me and I'll I'll make some personalized cannabis and we can barter. <laughs> I don't even know if he's a cannabis guy, but he's a uh, personalized beat guy, so we'll see. daughter has to do her piano lesson in three minutes this is perfect my daughter does her piano lesson in the same studio that i have to record my podcast this is my life this is my profession girl and by the way she calls everybody girl now so i I can call her girl yeah my my daughter does sis sis? that's funny yeah all right you want to share share, yeah i'm gonna share with you something i found really interesting i was gonna do the a kenny beats thing but because we were talking rock i didn't know that we're gonna talk about kenny beats i just popped in my head so I'm going to play you this song. I like the song, but you have to watch the video with the song because the video is so great. That was Viagra Boys. It's called Ain't Nice. And they're a Swedish band from Stockholm. And I think they're fascinating. If you ever see anybody go on YouTube, see some of their performances, even their videos when they have a live performance, the guy is tatted from head to toe. Yeah, He's got some sort of interesting tat on his forehead. I don't even know what it is. looks like a smear. It reminds me of the streets. Yeah, yeah. Remember the streets? 
Right. I love the streets. Yeah, the streets. I was thinking the same thing. I have I have more like uh, yeah. I, we should do a show on uh, either UK hip hop or just international hip hop. Right. I love the, the streets. streets. You're fit, but don't you know it? Yeah, you, that's my favorite. Yeah. That's the best one. I, I know. I love that too. Uh, we have such some similar taste in music. This is one is a it's a little bit of a surprise, and I don't want you to hate on it too quickly. <laughs> um, let me just see if it works. You can't hear it? I can, yeah. Okay. All right, I'm going to fast forward. Just you get the beat a little bit here. I was walking down the street, so I'm sitting there. I look into the space where the glassy stare. This is me. In the gutter with a grin on his face. I'm trying to escape the horrors of the place. He was only trying to forget. But all those drugs haven't done it yet. His clothes are funky and he looks so bad. Thinking about what he could have had. He was what we all want to be. And why he did it, I just can't see. Oh my God. Well, it skipped. But guess what? Guess who that is? That's Kid Finesse in the house. At age 16, I was actually going to play. I couldn't find it. And I will play it next time because I really want to share it with our audience. The My version of a Schoolie D rap that I recorded when I was 17 uh. years old. I, But that was me with um, my friend Special Ed, who went on to become an editor at The Source. Wait, Special Ed? Not you know, that yeah. not that uh. Special Ed. There's another Special Ed, another Eddie, um, that yeah. recorded my friend Adam Schlesinger, the late, great Adam Schlesinger's basement by the way got a shout out during the grammys yes adam got a adam got a shout out during the grammys adam used to be our producer he actually raps on that one too he's terrible in it but i i like to just i used to like and to. I, and i think i think if i'm not mistaken i think he was also shouted out in the article too about your dad right was he i have to go back and look at that he's always credited my dad with being the the reason that he got into he music, said something like nice. that it definitely said something about adam oh uh, that's cool yeah, well, Adam has always been very generous. And I was actually thinking of Adam the other day because I remember one time he was asked by some, you know, when in the early part of his career, he was asked, what is the most, your favorite song of all time? And he said, um, Gucci time, Schoolie D. So big out, oh. big ups to Gucci. Oh. I don't know if he just, oh, I mean, I know greatest. he loved that rap. I don't know if he said that also just to be very cool because nobody would really even know what the hell he was it's, talking it's about. It's the greatest. Yeah. Hey, can you, or or I can, if, you, if you're sharing, just so people I'm stopping know sharing. what we're talking about, the streets. Yes. Let's play the Either streets. Either you or I. Let's play Don't Mug Yourself. That's my favorite. That was a that was like a thirteen second delay before they even started. A new dying of a morning after, leaning back on my chair in a greasy spoon cafeteria. Last night was some beer layering us done our way, but again we're back in the light of day. Chatting, sitting at the wall table, telling jokes, playing with the salt, looking out the window. Girl brings two plates of full English over with plenty of scrambled eggs and plenty of fried tomato. Get my phone out, about to give this girl a shout, see if she had a nice time last night uptown. Ask if she fancies trying it again sometime, then cow grabs the phone like, oi, 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 oi. Hold it down, boy, your head's getting blurred. I know you can't stop thinking of her. By all means, you can vibe with this girl, but just don't, just don't mug yourself. yourself. That's all, don't, don't mug yourself. yourself. All right, I love it. his accent so much. It's the best. I, I know. Subtitles, because uh, there's so much slang that they're saying that I right. Really he's cool. I, for some reason, I always imagine him having all these tats, but I guess he doesn't. But he sounds like he should. Maybe he does now. I don't know. Maybe he does. I don't know why. But anyway, I do love. I love that, and I love. I love the streets. Check him out. What a great yep. show! Awesome From Led show. Zeppelin to the streets. Yep. Thank you, Len. Thank you, John. That was fabulous. All right, y'all. Cool. Everything is personal. P.
Peace. Peace out. Boy, your ass is mine. You're always in my face saying schooly school, man. How the fuck did you get so cool, man? Never ever see you play your fool. Cause I use a microphone like a plumber uses a tool. One, two, one, two. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a -a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has kind of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects network.